this gospel reading includes um, not one, but two healing stories. And it's very important for Mark, this is Mark's gospel, that we see that these two um, stories are intertwined sequentially, um, but on a deeper level too. And the first clue that these two stories are connected on a deeper level has to do with a number, the number 12. Now, in the Bible, anytime you hear a number, it's, it's usually a big deal because numbers in the Bible are symbolic. The 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 apostles, um, so on and so forth. And 12, even in our culture, is, is a big deal too and is, is highly symbolic. What happens after your 12th year? You turn 13, yeah. And we might not be on the same page this morning, but that was significant when my children turned 13 and, and when I did as well, okay? All right, we're doing better. We're doing better. We'll, we'll keep, let's see if we can um, keep communicating here in this homily. The number 12 is, is a big, big deal in the story, because at first it just seems like Mark is telling two stories that are unrelated really quickly, and one healing's interrupting the other, and then they're on to the other. But in reality, um, something's going on here. The woman has been hemorrhaging for 12 years. How old is Jairus' daughter? Thank you. (laughs) For 12 years, years, this unnamed woman has been hemorrhaging. There's, there's a theologian that I love and a, a Church of England priest who, who says of this story, this entire story, the two healing stories, that there are stories about immediacy and patience. The immediacy bit is that the things that happen fast. The patience is just as important for 12 years years, this woman had been waiting for something. And and Jairus' daughter was 12 years old. There's another relationship between these these two characters, um, another connection, and it's in the form of a disconnection. Because this woman has been hemorrhaging for 12 years, it means that for 12 years' time, she was never allowed in Jairus' synagogue. For 12 years. And part of that's a story about, tragically, is a story about gender. A part of that's a story about purity boundaries that are kind of foreign to us in some ways. Um, For 12 years, she could not have entered Jairus' synagogue. So we're invited to imagine and kind of project a little of of, of that waiting for healing, that waiting for God, that waiting for community too. And so when she touches the the, the cloak of Jesus' cloak and, and is healed, a part of what happens immediately in that moment is, is being restored, not just to help, but to community, to the synagogue, to the larger body or gathering. Something really um, fascinating happens in the way that they flip roles so quickly, Jairus and this woman. So that you see the connections are just beginning to build. She has waited for 12 years. Jairus was probably never waiting for anything. He was in charge of the synagogue. And now 
she has gotten healed quickly while, G- while Jairus waits for Jesus to get to his home. And Jesus seems to be taking his sweet time. So who's waiting now? Jairus. The roles have shifted, and that's that old lesson that is so easy to forget in life, is it not? In the blink of an eye, our situation can change. In a blink of an eye, that person you see out there that appears so desperate and in need, in a blink of an eye, that could be you. Let us always have the imagination to see that it could be us reaching out for help so desperately in the blink of an eye. I want to take a little bit of a detour. Um, I can't... When it comes to these gospel stories, and this might just be my mind, how my mind and heart work, but I, I, think it's, it, I think this is the point. I can't read these stories without thinking about other stories. I can't read these stories without getting off topic and thinking about stories that I think relate in one form or fashion to, to what Mark is telling us here and what Jesus is doing. And so I think about the fact that here at St. John's Cathedral, you can reach a priest 24-7 because we have this, this phone, the priest phone called the bat phone. We call that that internally where you can talk to a priest 24-7. You might not want to, but we're here, okay? And so the way this, this, the, it was called the bat phone before we arrived, and that's the Batman reference. Remember, the police commissioner has the bat phone and can always get Batman, you know, at the drop of a hat, which means you can always reach us at the drop of the hat, which I think is way too high of a bar to compare, you know. But that's what it's called in turn. I don't think Evans puts that in the newsletter, but it's the bat phone. So you call us on the bat phone, and... Um, Two weeks, do you remember when it was 101 degrees two days in a row? If not, like it felt like four days in a row. And I got the call on the bat phone, and it was an out-of-state mother. And I immediately knew she was not calling to pray. Um, and her daughter is recently divorced, lives here in Capitol Hill. She has two young children, lives in a small apartment with no air. You see where this is going. And the mom says, I've got um, a window unit um, at Lowe's, and will you purchase it? And I immediately said, because I've been doing this for a while, yes, but let me tell you, I don't have a truck. I can't go put it up, and I guarantee you I can't put it in. Um, and you don't want me trying to do that either. Um, and she said, it's not a problem, not a problem at all. Lowe's is going to deliver it. And she said, matter of fact, I'll tell you what, I don't want to get it from Lowe's. I've talked to the manufacturer, and the manufacturer's going to cut the cost by $300. They're going to deliver it, and they're going to put it in. And I said, um, do you know that, like, the si- like the size, and it's going to fit and all that stuff? Because we just put in a window unit in our bedroom. Um, and my wife didn't want me doing that either, but it, went, it was okay. <laughs> um, and she said, we've got it all done. They've got the dimensions. They've got the whole thing done. And we were able to, um, we were able to get that done fairly easily. Thankfully, we had a, a volunteer that day in the Welcome Center who was wonderful. And, and between the two of us and, and, and the manufacturer, we could get that done. You know, manufacturers don't do this. This mom had gotten the manufacturer on the phone, got the price cut, and got the manufacturer to deliver it and install it. So when I hear the story about Jairus, I think about this mother. You follow me? You see how my mind and heart works? 
These stories are, are, are meant to be kind of lenses through which we begin to see other stories and, and eventually our, our own, eventually our own. When we go to coffee hour, one of you might ask Katie or me um, for rental assistance. Um, one of you may ask Katie and me for a, a referral or, or a AA group, and, and, and we do that. Um, but I suspect that most of you will not. But I do know that we're all here for a reason, including me. And I know that we're all here searching for something, if not someone. We come here looking for community. I do. We come here because sometimes we need to huddle. Don't you need to huddle sometimes? And sometimes you need to huddle with, with family, with friends, and, and, and not family, right? We come here to gather together and huddle in a group because sometimes good company is what we long for and need more than anything else. We come here um, to say a prayer or two to God, I suspect. To say something heartfelt to Almighty God. Now, I know as Episcopalians, we're not going to make a big deal about it. We're not going to do it with flair, necessarily. But we come here to say something. I also think we come here on occasion to be quiet just enough. And this is maybe the best, biggest risk of all. To be quiet just for a few moments and say if God might say something back. Those reasons on the surface may be less dramatic than why Jairus comes to Jesus or an out-of-state mother calls the bat phone. They might be less dramatic, but I don't think they're any less urgent. These two stories end with healings, and we do need to talk about that for a moment. Um, Katie and Broderick, Ken and Katie and Ken and Broderick, are rightly bored or tired of me saying that I've been a priest for 20 years. But I've been a priest for 20 years. <laughs> and I say that to them and to you to evoke this, this, this mist of wisdom, <laughs> this cloud of experience, you know, to cover my inadequacies. I've preached these, these healing stories for 20 years, and, and I, my preaching has changed a lot over 20 years. Um, I used to preach with manuscripts, and my wife was teaching public speaking at the time, and she said, don't ever do that again. Um, <laughs> but that's a whole other story. But I've preached these things for 20 years, and, and the thing that has not changed for me as a preacher about the healing stories is this. I do not see that it is my business to tell you um, what exactly happened. I do not see that it is my business to tell you that God literally raised a child from the dead or literally healed the woman hemorrhaging. God can do that, and God doesn't always do that, but it's not my business to explain to you exactly what happened, and here's why. 
these stories intertwine with our own stories. And there's something so personal about healing. So, the real question is not what happened, but what happens in your own life and in my own life. When was it, when is it that we come to the Lord seeking healing or seeking resurrection or seeking a window unit or seeking friendship? When is it that you do that? And when is it that Jesus or the Spirit shows up immediately and you get what you were seeking or the person or the community you were seeking? And when does that not happen? When does it take 12 years or longer as you wait, as you wait for it finally to happen? Those are the questions that I think are raised by this gospel reading because it intertwines so closely with our own. And what happened is ultimately determined by what we're able to speak and say about our own lives and our own search for, if not peace of body, at least peace of mind.